You're listening to episode 45 with Tom Ferguson and Noshley Kaplan-Daly from Imagine H2O. This episode is brought to you by Imagine H2O. Hi, I'm George Hawkins, past CEO of DC Water, founder of Moonshot, the professor of practice at American University. This is a podcast that helps you communicate the value of water. And what's more important than that? It's water in real life with my friends, the H2 duo, Stephanie Zavala and Ariane Shipley. Hi, I'm Tom Ferguson. And I'm Noshley Kaplan-Daly, and we work at Imagine H2O. Hey, Tom, why don't you tell these nice people a little bit about Imagine H2O and what's happening on March 20th and 21st, right here in San Francisco? Indeed, I'd be happy to. (laughs) Imagine H2O is a water technology accelerator focused on supporting emerging tech companies to scale and commercialize. And in March is our annual Water Innovation Week. And this year's focus on the next generation is super timely and important. Next generation? What's this all about and why is it important? Well, we looked out at the university, the universe of problems that we could tackle. Uh, Last year we focused on deployment and this time we realized that innovation does not happen without people. And what we want to do is make sure that we are engaging with the issues and the people that can make sure that we're bringing talent through as the next generation of leadership in the water sector. Mm, Nice one, Tom. You guys can find more information and register to attend at imaginehto.org backslash events. And that's O as in oxygen, not zero as in the number. You'd be surprised how often that happens. Ain't that the truth? Uh, The older generation is getting accustomed to using technology. The current rising generation likes technology and innovation, and the next generation will expect it. So this goes both ways, that bringing in talent, you have to have a cool, innovative workplace, and that the utility has to be deploying innovation and technology so that they're, they're managing their water better. Well, Team Water, you all are in for a treat because we have water in real life regular Tom Ferguson, who is the Vice President of Programming for Imagine H2O, as well as one of his amazing team members, Nashley Kaplan-Daly, who directs Imagine H2O's policy efforts, which is a suite of initiatives that identify and advance policies leading to the broader deployment of water innovation. So they are joining us today to talk about Water Innovation Week, which is coming up in a few short weeks, what all is entailed there. The overarching theme this year is all things workforce and the next generation of water professionals. So we talk a lot about that, about the silver tsunami, about succession planning, and how we can get the right people to conferences and make sure that they're coming back and not hoarding that information, but sharing it with the rest of their team. And what some of the best companies, organizations, utilities out there that are doing to not only promote innovation, but also using innovation, culture, technology, things of this nature, communication, to not only attract the next generation of water sector workforce, but also to retain them once they get them. So you guys are in for a treat. Always a joy to have Tom on and just an added bonus to have Nashley on in this episode. So without further ado, let's get to the show. Well, we are stoked today to be joined by... We have a duo. It's a duo leading a duo conversation. I love this. <laughs> yeah. We've got um, part of the Imagine H2O team with us here. We've got Tom Ferguson, of course, and we have the lovely Nashley with us as well. So thanks, guys, for joining us today. Yes, thank you. Super fun to be here. Thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we're, um, mm-hmm, I, that didn't said. sound very convincing, mm-hmm. but um, you know, <laughs> I'm sure that we'll warm up as we go. Um, we're super pumped to be getting to spend some time with you guys again uh, at the all the festivities going on with Imagine H2O during Water Innovation Week. 
So we wanted to catch up with you guys uh, and talk a little bit more about that. We know that, Tom, this is your third appearance, um, but it feels mm. like more because you're all over all of our mashup episodes, which um, we love as well. And by the way, was dude, your first episode is still in the top 50 all-time podcast list in iTunes Heck yeah. for our category. Wow. <laughs> I people know. Really it. Must not have time. People really must have time on their hands, huh? No, no, they no, love no, the no. fur. They Fergie of water. Who are you? Yes. No, you guys um, are doing such amazing work. Well, you, so you're te- you're an official water in real life regular, and we we love it. We would. Uh, you were just telling us about how you had a speaking engagement yesterday, and we'd be down to chat with you uh, all the time. So we're stoked that you're on the show again. Um, we're actually approaching the one year anniversary of our friendship, which began with an invitation to Imagine H2O festivities last year on the Twitter. And you guys are doing things a little different this year. So talk to us about uh, the Water Innovation Week, the summit, the gala, the gala, <laughs> the demo day. <laughs> so much to catch up on. Yeah, we could spend a full hour just talking about different pronunciations of gala. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Drop counter Kellogg says gala. gala. Yeah. So. We, get, we get about 25 inquiries about dress code about the gala each year. Maybe we and should I, start with that. The temptation okay. to say, yup, white gloves and floor length dresses. Please, can we? <laughs> yes. No, it is just a party. Um, we think it's the best party in water, but we're biased. So, um, yeah, Water Innovation Week. Uh, firstly, thank you, uh, you know, again for having us. It's always um, such a pleasure to talk to you, and it's uh, it's great to hear how this podcast has just kind of exploded in the in the last year. Um, and it's a real testament to your your efforts, your insights. You guys are original fun. You bring the personality, and it's uh, it, original it's, fun. It's great. It's really great. Um, so, Water Innovation Week. So, before we were. Um, so I arrived in 2015, and previously the the March uh, time with the accelerator companies was really built around the startups being with us in San Francisco for a couple of days, and then we had kind of a big party, but there wasn't really a line drawn around it. And what we've tried to focus on in the last couple of years is um, is fill what we have seen as a little bit of a gap uh, in the the, the water um, schedule. So a lot of people incorporate innovation into their um, kind of programming. But there isn't anything that I think stands alone as something that would be uh, that would be recognized, I think, kind of as an innovation event that reflects a kind of a level of fun that say if TechCrunch or like Inc or whatever was doing it. Now, I'm not saying we're going to get 50,000 people through the door. That's going to be in two years time. Okay. <laughs> um, that's going to be in two years time. But what we wanted to do was draw a line around the activities that we have. So we have the time with the companies on the, uh, on the, in the first couple of days, Monday, Tuesday. And then we're going to have our first demo day with the companies, the Accelerator 2019 companies, 13 superb entrepreneurs uh, from five countries selected from 265 applicants. They are all top notch. And then we're going to have some great, uh, we're going to have tours of SFPUC as well as some of the work being done by an SF company called Urban Fabric. Um, and then on Thursday, we have our Water Innovation Summit, which is focusing on the next generation. And I know we're going to get into that, so I won't say much more. And then we cap it all off with what is an actual party. And for people who work in water, we know that actual parties in water are, are more thin on the ground than they should be. Um, so it's, you know, it's in something dangerous called a nightclub. Uh, and there is, um, I know, right? And it's, um, and it's got food, 
and drink sponsors and everybody kind of lets their hair down a bit a little bit of misbehaving by the time it gets to 10 o'clock you know you can tell that you can 10 tell o'clock is definitely my bedtime so that works out great for exactly me. they've discovered where the where the bar is it's just a great <laughs> opportunity to meet uh, to meet our our network um so that's that's the way we think about it but we're focusing very much this year on on the next generation stuff the, the next generation of water leaders coming through well, thank you for that softball pitch. The overarching theme this year is all things workforce and the next generation of water professionals. Um, in your humble opinion, do you think this is an area that's been adequately addressed? And um, what are some statistics that you've that are troubling you the most and inspired Imagine H2O to focus solely on these issues? Yeah, yeah. Uh, easy, <laughs> soft answer is that no, we're not doing enough, but it is getting better. Um, when Imagine H2O thinks about talent, it's this pivotal piece of the whole puzzle and it fits in with what you guys are doing and what a lot of other great organizations and utilities are doing. Um, but the, we can't get water utilities to modernize if they can't address something as seemingly straightforward as hiring and retaining good people. And the two are integrally, integrally connected. So the talent technology piece. Um, do you guys know Clifford Chan from East Bay Mud? He's awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah huge fan of Clifford. Yes. I have Great. so many notes of him from last year. Well, I'm going to give you another one. This is a quote from him. He said, uh, the older generation is getting accustomed to using technology. The current rising generation likes technology and innovation. And the next generation will expect it. Yeah, so this goes absolutely. both ways, that bringing in talent, you have to have a cool, innovative workplace, and that the utility has to be deploying innovation and technology so that they're, they're managing their water better. Yeah, exactly. And, and on the sort of statistics side of things, a few things have stood out. Um, we've, I've, uh, it just happens to coincide with a couple of speaking engagements that um, required me to sort of deep dive on the, on the data. So the one that um, actually surprised me is that the median age of, uh, of people in the water sector is, is 42.8. And that's only just higher than the median for all industries. Really? And I wondered to myself, why is it that we think that uh, that is not the case, that the median age is somewhere up around, I don't know, mid to late 50s or something like that. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I can already feel the invective being hurled at me by, uh, by <laughs> listeners who, um, anyway, we, we can kind of get into, <laughs> get into that later if you want. But, um, but the, the reason is in key position, it's gone past 50. Um, so for example, tier three to five, treatment plant operators in California, 80% of them are currently eligible for retirement. Terrible. Mm -hmm. So in yes. absolutely key positions, people are, I mean, this is what we talk about when it is the, the silver tsunami. But then I also think the second thing is that the perception is of a much, much higher median age because what it, who, the people who are visible within the water sector, mm -hmm. it's not like you know an enterprise software conference where the people on stage are the people who are building the next products and they're 26 and you know, they're oh, just yeah. a kind of cool, um, you know, newly unicorned uh, company. It's people who have been there and they've been operating for a long time and they have a depth of experience. And there is obviously, you know, we have to hear from them. But we wanted to, um, you know, make sure that, that we had a um, not just a, an extra panel where you talk about next generation issues. We wanted to see what happened if you really pulled this into the into the center of uh, uh, of a uh, of an overall session um, to hear what they think. And just the other things is that like this is kind of unnecessary. This 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 dearth of uh, talent coming in. I mean, at the tenth and twenty fifth 
pay percentiles, like within water, mm -hmm. relative to the national median, it's between 25 and 40% better paid mm -hmm. than elsewhere. So these entry-level jobs are actually really, you know, they're very stable, great benefits. They've got fantastic, mm -hmm. um, they've got fantastic uh, um, uh, remuneration uh, behind them. And so, the, you know, that's one integral part of bringing, uh, bringing a next generation through. Yeah, we, we say that the water industry is its own best-kept secret. It's a great it place to work, but nobody knows about it. Exactly. Oh, yeah, if, it if only there were people that were communicating that more effect. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was kind of joking with you earlier about, you know, how you always give us these great takeaways and tidbits to use and how I was using some of your conversation with Travis in a blog that I'm working on. But really, that 85% uh statistic that you just gave us i mean you kind of dropped that in a conversation that we had maybe last week when we were talking about this topic and i think me and arianne have collectively talked about it several like you scared the crap out of us so just yeah, like thinking, imagining that like if tomorrow if they have a bad day they can be out. all of them are out yeah. you know I'm and it's this. just it's, yeah they can it's be just, on the golf course in a week yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's wild. With a great retirement package. Well, they won't because the water will shut down and the golf course will die. True. <laughs> well, right, yeah, exactly. Won't that be a shame? Uh, Malcolm Gladwell on golf courses is a fascinating lesson if, if, if people haven't been got into them. But anyway, again, I'm going to be um, offending people who like <laughs> golf. <laughs> which probably includes me, but whatever. Um, but it's, it's this idea of, yeah, people being able to walk out and take their, their aggregated expertise yeah. learned over multiple decades in an individual treatment plant, which is essentially a living organism, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. Being able to walk out the door, like this idea of kind of succession planning and making sure that, the, um, uh, that, the, uh, that there is a, a method there to make sure that when they do walk out, the information and expertise remains. And there's a huge innovation component to that. Absolutely. And, and I know that during our time at Imagine H2O this year, we're obviously succession planning is going to be a significant part of that conversation. So I loved seeing the call to action and the invitation that went out for the, the events that was to bring a rising leader with you to Innovation Week. And so you know, for me, that made me think about how travel and training are oftentimes one of the first line items that get kind of trimmed during, you know, our, our month-long budget processes that happen at cities. So, like, what are some of the talking points for directors and managers to use when they're fighting to not only keep that budget, but dare we say increase it? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that 85% statistic is a really good starting point, mm -hmm. that the need is there. Um, I'll, I'll also say quickly that so far, almost all of our utilities are bringing someone. Perfect. Oh, I, love awesome. it. Yes. I love it. Yes. I love it. That. Uh, yeah, that's we're really hopeful to have those two working together. Isn't it weird that you almost have to give them permission or give people <laughs> permission to do stuff like that? Like you can bring someone too. Oh, I can. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Bring a date. Not a it's date. been really, um, it's been really fun. You know, like you know, we we're especially excited to be having the first lady of water herself. Yes. Bailey coming, but then, you know, Carla Reed from WSSC is going to be Love bringing it. someone, Norma Camacho, who runs Santa Clara Valley Water District. I mean, the, the speaking roster is great. Um, we've had an amazing response also from our like utility sponsors and they're going to be bringing senior leaders and, and next generation. Like, our secret and private hope is that we're kind of going to get into it. 
is that <laughs> is that there is going to be there's going to be kind of mass disagreement and there's going to or or whatever it is or the grievances of the new generation of talent suddenly everyone is going to feel kind of licensed to say no this is what we really feel it's not going to get that far right but is what it? we want to what we want to explore is, isn't it i feel yeah. like you just challenged us <laughs> if we run it right it might but i think it's one of these things where it's really important for both sides of the coin to listen to the other side and for people in utilities to listen to innovators and people within the water sector to listen to people outside the water sector um you know super excited to be joined by you know people like ido and um the, the previous chief of product for the u.s digital service who's now mm -hmm. with health and human services he's awesome uh, just confirmed yesterday mm -hmm. um but to get back to what you just uh, said about uh, the directors and managers side of things um i know i've said this on your your program before but but the, the power of a learning organization um you know it just comes down to compounding kind of expertise and the better you can the better performing and the better informed and the more like diversity of information that is hitting your employees the better and more imaginative they are going to be at solving the problems in front of them so uh, to be a learning organization you really need to get out there into the world and it's actually an incredibly cost-effective way of deploying what is a small amount of capital you know if somebody gets an idea that can save you a hundred grand on a whatever thousand dollar all-in uh, uh, trip out that is a very handy, uh, mm -hmm, handy absolutely level. and that's why that's why these um these should be absolutely uh, you know a priority for all organizations but I think we're all aware that there is a little bit of sameness um, uh, between uh, a lot of these conferences this is why um, this is why yours this is why catalyst is so important this is why I think water innovation week and where we're trying to pitch it is so important that this is kind of a real diversity of message this is going big on for you guys it's communications for us this year it's about the next generation last year it was about becoming deploying organizations mm -hmm. things that you go deep on and I think you have differentiated messages rather than you know a panel that talks about resource recovery or whatever it is um, and you go through a lot of stuff but don't go deep you know mm -hmm. and I think that's, yeah. that's something that um, is really needs to be uh, we need to make sure that there's that, that diversity so people can go and really go go deep on um, what it is that they're, they're interested in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, one of the reasons that I wanted to to get you guys on and to talk to you and have this this episode drop uh, in advance of all of Water Innovation Week and everything you guys have going on there is just to get the word out and to encourage people to come because um, I can't tell you how valuable it was for for us just coming out of the water industry, or I mean, out of like our time with municipalities to come and get this. I mean, we felt like we were getting this 40,000 foot view of all of these amazing things that were going on that we just, you don't think about all the time when no. you're, when you're just up to your ears and you know, your day to day and you got your blinders yeah. on mm -hmm. and residents and, and you know, you're just, oh yeah, sure. You know, that's going on. But I think that we both, we both kind of initially really felt out of our element because this was yeah. all like incredibly intelligent uh, tech people and uh, <laughs> um, like Who do you speak to? we're at like <laughs> Google headquarters or something, at, you know, in like San Francisco. But I mean, it was just it was an incredible experience. Yeah. And so I I don't have every single person I think we talk to. We we make sure to, to tell them that they need to come check out. 
uh, what you guys put on and because it's just, it's such a great, it's a different look at the industry and it's, and it's a really important one. And, and you guys do a really good job of putting together a diverse um, scope of content. Uh, we obviously love that communication gets put in there and, and, and nestled in there in all the important ways. And, and we appreciate that. But um, I wanted to, ta- I wanted to ask you something. I wanted to go a little rogue on a question right quick, but I wanted to ask you, cause you, you use diversity kind of several times in that last statement that you made. And in this book that I'm reading, uh, which is dream teams by Shane Snow, he talks about how diversity has gotten, now when people say diversity, it kind of always gets assumed to be meant about race or about gender, but really diversity at its core is all about difference, differences and not only like perspectives and backgrounds and educations and beliefs. and beliefs and experience. And so when, what have you guys done to kind of really make sure that you're bringing together this diverse of a group of people because what you guys put together really does kind of exemplify what that really truly does mean. Um, I think we do think about this all the time. And for us, diversity is certainly gender and race and everything else. Look at George Hawkins bringing together 40 different heads of programs within DC water once a month and all the magic that came out of those meetings. Uh, The same thing, we try to do that here. That's why we have investors and industry people and corporates and a lot of students and young professionals are coming without a leader. You know, a lot of volunteers from last year are are volunteering again, even though they've already graduated and are now junior engineers because they're like, I want more of that. That is great. Uh, So we think that by bringing all these different perspectives together, it's going to help to inspire change. Um, And that's more talking points for the utilities who are trying to pitch this to their boards or expand those budgets. I mean, this is hands-on. It's 40,000. It's going to give you the high-level strategic information that you need to make big decisions. Look at DC Water. Again, they're such an easy example. Yeah. Um, And it would be great to have more examples of where a utility is developing innovation in-house and then monetizing. I mean, this is the second year that a DC water technology is sponsoring Water Innovation Week. Nice. Fantastic. Nice. Yeah. I love yeah, it. Yeah, Grey Matter, Grey Matter Systems. Um, whoop, whoop. A certain Mr. Musk is involved in that, <laughs> I believe. But anyway, they, it's, I completely um, obviously agree with, with all of that. The All I would add is, um, is that, you know, we've, we've got the, um, a, just an awesome, speak list um but this is uh, i think it's something that happened completely kind of organically we were just looking for the best speakers yeah um we think on this uh on this topic um and uh and what when you and when we went through the kind of the wish list um we're so lucky about 95 percent of them uh, of our first choices all all said yes um and so we're going to have the the multiple points of view um including you guys and, and travis loop on the communication side so thank you so much for helping out on that um, but the last thing I would I would say is just that it, it really is the it's the whole it's the whole lot, including geography and including sector. So we're going to have, um, you know, I think the, the furthest I feel we're going to have people from certainly from Europe, uh, Japan, um, at least one from uh, China will be uh, one um, delegate from China will be coming in. Um, and so there's a huge amount of things people can you know learn from that side of things. But then it's also you know, representation from everyone from Anglo-American and PepsiCo and 
uh, and, and obviously the utility side of things, uh, the academic side of things, uh, government, uh, nonprofit, um, you know, really this, we're, we're looking for a kind of a 360 degree conversation. The great thing, and also the scary thing, is that we don't know what's going to come out of this. <laughs> um, That's okay. but, but what's important to us, you know, is, is about creating the conditions to have a conversation that is differentiated and honest and emergent in the moment, because that's where I think excitement happens. If everything is kind of scripted beforehand, then you know it's very difficult to to bounce out. So we're we're clear with our our speakers that like pursue ideas. Let's let's see where various rabbit hole goes because that's how you get to the new stuff. Yeah, yeah, and something that I'm like super against is this idea of knowledge hoarding, and going to these conferences and or these Imagine H2Os or wherever and then just going home and not putting anything that you've learned into action or even sharing that knowledge that you've just taken with you um, that you've just learned. So what are some ways that we can ensure we're sending, you know, the right people to these to these conferences, to these different um, events and that uh, we're bringing back value to our organization? Mm-hmm. Great question. And something we also think about a lot, uh, and two sides to this. The first is making sure that we're sending good communicators to these events. So selecting your your next gen, your rising gen, even your now gen folks who are known to be those who share their knowledge. Um, uh, uh, rewarding performance, rewarding curiosity, incentivizing a report back. Um, have a meeting on the calendar before you leave for San Francisco, right. that is when you're going to be reporting back to your whole team. Put a presentation together for them. Uh, yeah. And that's what they can be doing on, on their side. On our side, we're trying to get better at this too. We want to help. Um, we want to provide more report back materials that they can share, one pagers that are ready to go that they can yeah. just print. Uh, yeah, that'd be on. awesome. Share. Um, and creating some accountability for them as well. So is it getting them to commit to something and then following up six months I loved the action items. You asked for two action items last year, and we did them. (laughs) And how, right? Yeah, I loved it. Serious stuff. You guys got to aim higher this year. I know. (laughs) Got to like really challenge us this year, guys. (laughs) No, it's it's going to be more of the same. Yeah, so just creating that accountability, asking for commitments and then following up on this. Love it. You guys are a fantastic case in point. You yeah. know, the, the blogs that you wrote afterwards, I think, I think illustrated to us actually how important it is to have an effect on people to the extent that they want to go and write something like that. I encourage all of your listeners to go back into your, uh, to your blog post to, uh, to see what you took away from that because it was, it was heartwarming for us to know that, you know, two people as, um, you know, intelligent, insightful, experienced in the water sector could be that excited about um, a, a conversation that we're often so close to mm-hmm. that it's easy to feel kind of um, jaded about. Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh yeah, it was uh, it was amazing, and and asking you know asking you guys to talk about how to how to uh, really work towards diversity for like you said you're very close to it. It's kind of second nature to you, so you may not be the best people to ask because you're like oh we just do it. But um, I just it was it was really refreshing to be in a room of that many different opinions. And I think that, you know, everyone needs to kind of go into it a little bit open-minded where sometimes I feel like we get too caught up in, well, that's DC water. I could never do what DC water does. I'm a much smaller community. Okay. Well, you may not be able to deploy or implement at that level, but there is an element some there where maybe that just spurs an idea 
or generates a conversation or so I would just encourage everyone to just come with this open mind and to you never know you're right you never know what's going to come out of the conversations that can happen um, after hearing about some of the things that are going on in the industry so excited about that but uh, so let's talk talent for Wait, okay. can, I, can I just yeah. correct the record really quickly it doesn't we have to work at it <laughs> have to put effort towards that. Everybody does. It doesn't just yeah. come naturally. So you can do it too. Well, you guys yeah. make it look effortless. So. <laughs> yeah, there's a certain element. There's a certain element of the, you know, the kind of uh, the the boil frog. But it's um, it's one of these things. Well, part of the, part of the reason why we 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 um pick the next generation is that we knew it was going to challenge us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that this is something that was going to take effort on our side, um, and it's uh, it's been extraordinary, kind of working through all of the ideas, thinking about how you break this up in the context of innovation. Obviously, that's our play space to play. Um, but yeah, as I as I said previously, it's got a good element of remaining scary amongst yeah. it, yeah. which is good. Which is good. Every, every everyone should feel that. Yeah, a little bit uncomfortable. So I don't mm-hmm. want to beat the the beat the diversity horse. I don't know. That sounds terrible. Aww. I don't want to beat that. I used to own that horse. But uh, so I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of film. I love uh, Aaron Sorkin, and he um, in this masterclass that I took with him, he was talking about his writers' room and where he said, unless he's writing about a straight white Jewish guy, which is what he is, he's like, I make sure to have somebody that represents a character that I'm writing inside my writers' room because they ensure that. I get that perspective. I get that point of view. And so more and more often, I feel like that's really, that's um, applicative to anything. So I feel like the more people that are, that represent who we're serving, we have around the table, it just makes us that much more prepared and apt to be able to serve them in the best way that suits them. Because we've heard there, we've, we've given them a voice basically. And I think that that's really important. So, um, No question. And then, and then it's also the, you know, it, that applies to more generalized decision making, right? Mm-hmm. You wonder exactly who was in the room when, uh, you know, the Emanuel administration in Chicago, uh, you know, decided to um, push through the rate increases, which meant that, you know, the least able to afford their water, suddenly their water bills were up at 784. But, yeah. you know, and there's no way that right. if they were in the room, they certainly weren't. Um, uh, they certainly weren't uh, consulted. Anyway, that's a, yeah. that's a whole, that's a whole, um, uh regressive taxation but yeah no question no i completely agree with that you've got to have the right the right people there who have the right perspectives um well now i am going to get to talent um so this topic is front and center in your breakout session topics that you discussed with us this year uh so in your own research and experience what are some of the standout ways that you've seen organizations really cultivate talent from within? And are there any rules of thumb when making the decision to either look inside or look outside? Like, is there an order of operations, if you will, to that decision? Ooh, that's a good and nuanced question. Um, so there were various examples, I think. Um, I was first introduced to this sort of first idea at my uh, sort of pre-business school job with um, environmental resources management, which was this thing. My boss had a, a big um, belief of uh, pushing talent up the organization uh, and that if you're old enough, you're good enough. Um, sorry, if you're good enough, you're old enough. <laughs> Every time. That is 180 degrees the wrong way around. <laughs> How you're editing today. Um, <laughs> I'm leaving it in. Oh, good. Thanks. <laughs> 
Um, so, uh, yeah, if you're good enough, you're old enough. And so what we found kind of within our team is that people who elsewhere in the organization probably would be, you know, three or four career rungs behind that were actually taking on quite serious amounts of responsibility. And that has knock-on effect in a variety of ways. Firstly, like once people get used to a paycheck, the paycheck isn't really enough anymore, right? Mm -hmm. The reason people stay in jobs is about beyond the money. Mm -hmm. It's about engagement. It's about the meaning of what they're doing. It's about the people that they're working with. It's about the challenges. It's about um, making sure that they're adding to their skill sets, that they feel fulfilled, does their jobs instill in them a source of pride, all this kind of stuff. And allowing people to kind of, you know, stagnate due to, I mean, sustainability consulting is a pretty stuffy industry to stagnate due to kind of this is how long you can be you have to be a consultant level two before you can be considered to be a senior consultant mm -hmm. is i think just a silly way of uh of looking at it two examples i would um i would do about that i think the people who uh, and they're a sponsor of the the summit the amazing team at molten the girl water district i mean mm. i think if you look across their team i believe they are the youngest mm -hmm. utility wow certainly in california if not the country Wow. Wow. Um, and they just got a triple A rating, triple A oh, credit man. rating. So their cost of capital is now at the minimum. Yeah. Um, Drew Atwater, who is their director of um, finance and water quality of all things. Um, he's, uh, he is, you know, he is not, you know, he is not pushing retirement. He is, uh, he's, he's not very much um, older than, than, than we are. Um, and, and June there has just done an amazing job of inspiring her people to completely outperform, you know, regardless of what their birth certificate says. Going back to Clifford's example, right? Uh, and this is in terms of retention and showing trust in your people. Mm. Uh, and we could talk about the, the, the sort of beginning phase of this on the hiring, uh, uh, in, et cetera. But in terms of retention, one of the things that he does is that, that pot of money that he, uh, he has a pot of money that is there and it can be dedicated to individual product projects that do not have to be confirmed by him. You know, this is, I, I, I mean, it's mind blowing uh, to me, but it shows such, such great trust in his people that it's like, you go, you implement something and you're not allowed to do anything that can poison anyone, but you implement something and you come back and tell me how it went. Mm -hmm. um, it reminds me of this amazing story of the captain of an aircraft carrier in the uh, in the uh, in the English Channel, um, who? So if you touch the dock when you when you're sailing a boat, and this is the true same in all navies, but in the British Navy in particular, if you touch the dock when you are docking, you get immediately court-martialed. You lose your job. And so it is the uh, and so what this um, this captain uh, does every once in a while, he gives the um, responsibility for docking the ship to the number two. And pass talking the back, to him, huh? exactly, pass the back. It's like your problem. No, because he still gets fired. He gets fired. If the doc touches it, it's not the number two that gets fired, it's him. And what that says to the number two is that I trust you with the biggest and the most important part of this, and you just go get on with it. But it also sends the signal to the rest of the ship. Yeah. That the captain trusts his or her people. Right, yep. and it's a very small signaling mechanism, but when it's really, really high stake stuff, showing that you trust your people, man, does that does that maintain loyalty? It maintains, you know, pride in the ship. It maintains pride in the team. It's um, it's a very, very powerful example. Mm -hmm. I mean, nothing kills morale like uh, micromanagement. No, and <laughs> especially for that younger generation, nobody wants to feel like they have somebody breathing down 
breathing down their neck. And that was actually one of my favorite examples uh, that Clifford gave last year. It was talking about in relation to, uh, I think he used his kids as an example. Like when you're, when your kids, when your kids fail at something, like maybe it's at a tennis lesson or something, you don't fire your kid. You just say, Hey, (laughs) next time it's all right. You know, you made a mistake next time let's do better. And so he said, then why, why do we get to work? And we expect different things from the people who, um, from our people that we're working with. And so I, I love that idea of how he really empowers them to, to innovate, you know, within certain, he's got like parameters, but for the most part, you know, he's got a certain amount set aside that, Hey, you don't, you can do this. You don't have to get my blessing or my permission. It's there. And that see what, see what happens. And I thought that that was a really powerful example for, uh, for people to hear in the room. I loved it. Yeah, no, it's not, it's an awesome one. Um, it's amazing what you can do with very small amounts of money. You know, our deployment for impact program that we really stepped up last year. I mean, these are really kind of micro grants of two and a half grand, seven and a half grand to essentially just remove the friction from the deployment of innovation. And it's amazing what can be achieved with relatively a small siloed sums of money to get a project moving Mm -hmm. to get it around you should have seen some of the events we put on for nothing yeah (laughs) yes right yeah frugal fanny over here (laughs) oh it's amazing um what is that what is that that old uh adage that um whatever a lack of budget breeds creativity oh yeah yeah it (laughs) certainly is one hundo um So we talk a lot about attracting the next generation to the industry, and I feel like the conversation sometimes leads towards this, what's the bright, shiny object that we have to, you know, to attract them to us? And um, while I think we need to begin by just kind of telling them the cool stuff we do, because most of them have no idea, uh, millennials, as we know, really dig the whole making a difference in the world and in their community. And, you know, what a better place to make an impact than in the water industry. But technology is obviously a tool that we can use as well. That that kind of is the bright, shiny object that a lot of uh, the younger generation look to. So how do we do a better job at maximizing this sort of human capital technology nexus? I think I stole that phrasing from you. <laughs> well, it's a, it's, a, it's a great question. I think we're doing it right now. Uh, communications. It's, it's all about the storytelling. We don't tell this story often enough. We see this all the time too. We have tech people who come to us every other week who are, they don't say this, but they are in some way perhaps dissatisfied with their work and that they're not getting something back personally from it. And so they want to come and they want to volunteer because they see what we're doing as mission-driven and impactful. And it is both of those things. And working in any sector of the water industry is those things also. Mm -hmm. So sharing that with people. um, I don't know about (laughs) Sometimes I'll tell someone, usually outside the industry, that I work with water technology companies, and a response I get all the time is, "What's a water technology? <laughs> like yeah, a no. filter, or yeah. like that's oh. what people think of." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand that too. Yeah. And so yeah. that's a communications failure on on all of our part, on the entire Absolutely. part that people don't know what water technology tankless water heaters that's about as far as it goes huh yeah (laughs) those are great yes you like them they are i i can never tell whether it's the content or whether it's just me but i (laughs) 
go, no, it goes way beyond like fancy shower heads. Here's an example of zero liquid discharge technology. <laughs> and then the eyes glaze over. Yeah. And then rather fast yeah we got to pick the vehicle a little better yeah yeah i know maybe i've got to miss something i don't know i think you could make just about anything exciting to to listen to tom so it, it just didn't like the uh animation and the animation totally. yeah well i think that there, there there are two there are two things about there are two things about this um and i was sort of tried this out yesterday on this group of uc berkeley uh undergrads environmental engineering undergrads that, that seem to resonate is that is is firstly uh this i this this wayne gretzky quote um you know the classic ones gate to where the puck is going to be not the where the puck is um you know getting yourself getting yourself out ahead of opportunities is is, uh, is a big deal uh because then you're uh then you're far ahead far enough ahead of it when it gets uh get it get it get when it gets cool um uh and the um, the, the second thing is that the technology to deal with quite a lot of the um, a lot of the, a lot of the um, issues that people are going to be facing, whether they're within a water utility or whether they're in an engineering consultancy, whatever it is, it's out there. You just need to find it, and then the fun is in actual like implementing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can work with people like Imagine H two O to kind of de-risk essentially. Um, you know, or is this person just is it is this idea just good on paper, or is there actually like a there there? You know, yeah. um, that's one of the things that, you know, we can really uh, uh, de-risk. Um, there's obviously the budget side of things, um, which we need to deal with. Um, but the, uh, but the, the last one is, um, is we need to get better at telling the success stories, especially of, of entrepreneurs. You know, like, why do people want to go and like, build social networks? If social networks hadn't made any money, then no one would care. Yeah. Right? yeah. Right. So people who have built new stuff and have done well at it, let's make sure that we amplify their voices so we're not just talking about the people who ran the utilities because you've got to bring the kind of... Sexy oh, stuff. The sex For appeal. Sure. For know? sure. So please go to our... You kind of said it like me, sex appeal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's because I say it all the time. Sex appeal. <laughs> uh, go, to our, go to our Medium page. We just wrote a really cool blog. It's called From Apple to H2O, and it's about an Apple engineer who moved into water and is doing amazing stuff. Yeah. I, I love that. And it goes back to just that we need to be talking about, uh, just talking about, like I said, the cool stuff that we're doing already in the industry, because talk about our challenges, talk about the things that we need help with or that we're struggling with, because these innovators with their, um, their, their imagination, you know, I'm talking about imagination too, with their, with their big imagination. So many of the people that we've met in water tech didn't come from water at all, but just heard about this problem and said, oh, hey, I, 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 could, I might be able to fix that and just rolled up with a solution. And so you just, we just got to talk about it. You got to tell those stories better, all of them. Yeah, definitely. Well, one more thing that I think is really important is catching them young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, SFUC in Santa Clara do this really well. I think it's called a step back and stand up or some combination of those words. And it's about getting kids from elementary school all the way up through college and grad school interested and aware of the opportunities. Yeah. Um, so catching them when they're in their academic career and mm-hmm. helping to direct them towards a, a, the path in water. Uh, one thing that Imagination Show is doing is running a water innovation policy program. So we're in a beta of our fellowship. We have two freaking incredible grad students, one Mm. PhD from Stanford and one master's student from UC Santa Barbara. And we are helping them to take an idea and turn it into a piece of policy. So whether it's legislation or a regulatory change or a budget bill or whatever it is, but what is the technology or innovation that needs to get out into the market more? What's stopping it? And then what's a solution that we can come up with 
to overcome that barrier. Yeah, and we it. find that these students, we had eight fellows who, who auditioned, uh, <laughs> applied for the, for the fellowship. <laughs> They're all great. <laughs> uh, and they all had a great idea and none of them wow. more or less had ever thought about how their research and work applies in the real world. Yeah. So getting them out of that academic silo and yes. into an impact focused path is, is really important and really exciting for them because they want to be told that there's all this cool stuff out there to do. Yeah. yeah. For, sure. for sure. Yeah. Well, we talk a lot about um, the missions and values and living those and not just making them static words on a shelf um, or put a picture over them on the wall. Um, so mission, vision, values are some of the building blocks to an organization's culture. Um, and first of all, I'd like for you to define uh, culture for us, and then <laughs> and then let's talk about how important culture is to workforce. I want your yeah. take on that. Yeah, I want the Imagine H2O definition yeah. of culture. So I do this a lot, read something awesome on Twitter and stick it in my bookmarks, and then can't find it again because I bookmark <laughs> a lot, and I, can't, I don't have time to scroll all the way down. I'm sorry I didn't have this ready for you. <sighs> now, but I think what really essentially what it kind of boils down to is um, what do people in your organization do when no one's watching? Uh, that's easy. Like, I love it. That's... You know, are they taking independent decisions that are aligned with what the you know organization is all about? But you know, fundamentally, what the you know the organization's leadership is trying to move the whole ship towards. You know, are people really in that groove of doing the things that they kind of need to be doing? That can be any anything from setting up a book club to be talking about various uh, you know elements of professional development, all the way through to engaging with I don't know Stanford PhDs to, to to work on a specific idea or again like Moulton Nagel going and working with a whole bunch of developers from Netflix to build a uh, a data system that they would have no chance in hell of building themselves this is an independent project but they've wow. set up this culture of like we can do imaginative stuff to go yeah. and do it and the secret is that people want to work for water utilities because once they realize that water is the fundamental molecule that allows society to exist and they don't ever think about it, they tend to want to work towards it. Um, and so um, it obviously defines the environment, you know, in which employees work. Um, and, it's, and it's hard, to, it is really hard to build. But the secret, as with every, everything, and this is the case with communications as well, is just like, it's the relentless drumbeat. It's making sure that everything that is communicated is put out through the prism of kind of what we do. So, for example, our mission is to empower people to develop Help and deploy, deploy innovation to, to solve, solve water challenges, challenges globally. Get it. This is like tattooed on our head. Right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Every time we think about anything, it goes through that prism. Yep. Develop, yep. deploy. Like... Innovation broadly forward, but the, and making sure that people is at the front of this. How are we, um, you know, building a space where we can make people as effective as possible? Because it's not for us working with entrepreneurs. It's almost, the, the technology is not really the point. The entrepreneur can look after the technology. What we need to look after is the entrepreneur, because if we can give them all of the tools that they need to kind of be successful, and that is from the cognitive. The way in which they think about their market, they think about their customer, they think about the last mile delivery of a solution, how they think about fundraising, how they think about engaging their internal and external stakeholders, building a team. If you take care of, if you take care of the, the machine of change, 
i.e. the entrepreneur, and then they go out into their chosen market and are that much more effective, that to me is the way in which you can have uh, you know, much, much better. And if you take that back a step, it's the, the mission, the vision, the culture, the values um, of whether it's water utility or Imagine H2O that defines the mode of action just allows everybody to be, to be much, more, much more impactful. Well, I think anytime someone can recite their mission as beautifully as you just did, an angel gets its wing. So I appreciate <laughs> that from both of you. That yeah, was that amazing. Was two wings, that was two wings. Yeah. yeah, two angels just got their wings simultaneously. Um, but no, I love that. And and I love this idea of the mindset and how, um, you know, you, even if you're a utility you're not necessarily trying to build this culture of entrepreneurship and, but you're focusing on that mindset. You can create a culture of intrapreneurships where you have people that are cultivating the next generation of ideas within the, within the organization. And so I think that that, that's also an, an important, an important, an important piece, <laughs> an important piece to remember is, is building these organizations that support that. It's as, a, it's as applicable to those organizations as it, as it is to us. You know, this idea of constant improvement and compounding benefits um, and a dissatisfaction kind of with the uh, creative dissatisfaction with kind of the status quo, making sure that there is a constant push to always being better, doing more with less, mm-hmm. right? This is a, this is a mindset. Uh, and this is something that I think is just going to become more prevalent. There is like, you know, I think the most dangerous thing in our, in our, our lexicon at the moment is, is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I just, mm. I just finally put up our, yeah. our, our line about the fact that, you know, um, there is a, there is a continuum between like not yet screwed and now you are screwed. And <laughs> like between that it's binary. Um, but the path to whether or not you are screwed is linear and nobody really knows where they lie on that curve. I don't know. Hopefully you can put this out on, on, uh, on Twitter. But it's can you please draw that on a napkin and take a picture and send it? So <laughs> I, I, finally it the the I finally built the okay. slide. I finally built the slide. It was about a year and a half and I did okay. it. Um, uh, but it's, uh, but that, that whole, um, it's, it's the constant improvement and it's the attitudinal shift of not like things haven't broken, therefore everything's fine. Therefore we don't need to spend money. Like it, it, you may be 50 minutes from breaking, Let's make sure we do. Let's make sure we make the investment now. And you may be fifty minutes from eighty-five percent of the population and water walking <laughs> out the door. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think of culture as, as personality, and we're talking about this 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 big stuff, the big picture. Bringing in a Netflix engineer that's going outside. That's part of your personality. Knowing when to say we can't do this alone. Let's yeah. bring in people who know how to do this. Yeah. Uh, and then more granular, you know, how do you actually accomplish this stuff? Have retreats every six months, every eight months, every 10 months, take your whole team out of the office, get out of your day-to-day environment mm-hmm. and go and talk about big stuff. Talk about the big picture. Think long-term. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we always say like, oh, I don't have time for that. It's like, if you don't have time for that, then you don't have time for anything. Yeah, exactly. Get out of here. The most important thing. Exactly. Exactly. There's a great founder in San Francisco of a company called Circle Up. Um, and the way he puts it is that if he doesn't have a conversation with the whole company about uh, mission values, uh, like orientation, every kind of four to six weeks in, in terms of their all hands meeting, he starts to feel like the company getting flabby around, <laughs> like, allow, around this kind of like core stuff. Like why are they there to do, Losing uh, their why are they there to, you know, uh, yeah. All right, exactly. We want to make sure that everybody stays <laughs> on those, yeah. 
Let me just go that everybody says timed. Um, and, it, and it is that. It's the kind of relentless, like, drumbeat of, like, what, why are we here? What are we all about? How do we do things? Um, and making sure that they're kind of constantly aligned. Um, I, I was really struck by that. Something that um, we didn't realize until later on in our career was just how little, like, the entire um, water department, you know, from – maybe not upper management, but definitely the guys and gals in the field on a daily basis don't see the big picture or aren't even shown the big picture. Um, and so they're just working on their daily job and don't realize that, you know, the water came from 90 miles over here and it's going through here and it's going through all these towns before. And just like that big picture, you know, and no one, no one's taking the time really to, to show them that, why they're doing what they're doing and how how important it really is. Well, it's yeah. doing them a disservice that they don't see how they're connected to that larger yeah. value of water narrative that we talk about. They're mm -hmm. a significant part of that conversation. And I don't think that we always do the best job at that from an internal perspective. Um, but I think that living to your mission or being mission driven and being having some solid core values in place. And I, I feel like when you live by those, that becomes your drumbeat and you, you continue to gem away at those things. And then people start to, um, you like creep inside someone's whisper ear and their head. Yeah. The whisper campaign. And they just can't, they can't deny, they start saying the same That's things. That's why me and her you do. <laughs> Do you guys know the name of the session that you're speaking at at our summit? <laughs> well, we named it. It's Ooh. perfect. It's yeah. perfect. called. No, go. If you want to guess, you can. That'll be fun. Uh, <laughs> whispers, mission, values. <laughs> yeah, for it's you called, and Travis. Mm -hmm. It's called Communicate with and through good people. Tell a story that engages and inspires. Ah, yeah. I love it. Hashtag I nailed it. We gave you a softball earlier. We're giving you an entire softball for your skill set for through I that. I appreciate that. I love yeah. it. You're, you're welcome. Um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Turn my mic off. It's back on. Okay. Excited. <laughs> okay. So uh, it's the one in real life podcast. So, you know, we have to ask something about communication. Uh, as you know, we have our own opinions uh, on this, but opening it up to you first, what is communication's role in solving this workforce issue, both from internal and external? You kind of gave it you kind of gave your take a little bit by saying the name of that communication breakout session, but yeah. So in, in y'all's opinion, what is communication's role in this issue? Foundational. Yes. Yes. Ooh, I'll take it. <laughs> it's, it's big. Uh, internally, you have to bring along your whole team. Just like you said, it's not superfluous to make sure that your operators and your field folks know your mission and are on board with it and believe in it. Um, bring everybody along on this journey. Outside, crack open this secret little magic box that is the water industry. Tell people how cool it is to work here, how lucrative it can be for you, how, how self-fulfilling, self how mission-driven, how beautiful a job it can be to work mm -hmm. in a wastewater treatment plant. It's actually like Pandora's box because once you open it, you just can't close it. You just want to know more. I don't know. <laughs> I, found, I found people that we have... I have a good buddy of mine who's a microbiologist, so understands water from that perspective, but we've just kind of like gotten inside his head and he can't, you know, everything now has this water, this water lens on it now that he sees and, you know, you just, some people just get it. 
<laughs> yeah. Once you take the red pill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, blue pill. I referenced The Rock yesterday in front of all of these Berkeley students, and I think they were just like, wait, who is Sean You should have said, like, oh, <laughs> oh, what? you should have said Moana. Yeah, I know. I yeah, know. you got to go to We'll start the next gen summit with an overview of movie they yeah. know about. I almost put a screenshot in from the Terminator, but that would have been. Yeah, that, oh, who is that? Yeah. I'm always that bummed, outdated robot. I'm always bummed when my movie, uh, when my movie references fall flat because I'm like, oh, you guys weren't born yet. Dang it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so kind um, of depressing. And and just in on the the the, the workforce issue, you get like uh, to go kind of more granular. I think when you're thinking about kind of like talent, um, the beginning of the talent issue obviously is how you present yourselves uh, externally, both in terms of what you say uh, and what you keep kind of permanently. So thinking about your website and the communications of your values and your culture, oh, yeah. but, you know, just thinking about touch points, putting yourself in the shoes of someone that you want to work for you. So somebody who is smart, dedicated, driven, all the rest of it. What is it that they want to see? And so, you know, this starts from the description of the job itself, right? Nobody wants to read others kind of, okay, it's it's just a job description that somebody just put down a whole load of things. Like, you know, think about it. How how are you going to reflect your actual internal culture and values with what you put onto that key piece of paper? How do you think about their experience when they come into interview? You know, who do they interview with? How long? In what, you know, are you doing walking interviews? Are you doing just interviews in a kind of like a stuffy conference room? Do you do an interview as you're walking around the wastewater treatment plant? Like being imaginative all the way through. Then you're onboarding once you have them there, making yeah. sure that you're thinking about like constant check-ins with, with them as they progress their career. You know, are they feeling challenged? You know, are they achieving what you want them to um, uh, achieve? And then the last one is that I think, you know, as people move on, people just sort of think about like, say, yeah, I uh, don't need to worry about you. Um, it, I think it says a lot about organizations that really tries to kind of to, to uh, support the onward success of people who choose to go forward. Because like having people who say good things about you in the aftermath may, makes all the difference in the havoc. Because you never know. They may go off to an engineering consultancy or whatever, get very, very senior, and then like come back to run the place. You know? Yeah. Who knows where? Well, life is long right um and so that's just a how we think about a little bit about the, the communications in terms of the, the, the life cycle of talent kind of onboarding and, and offboarding well i love that you made that point in terms of a uh, spoiler alert in, in in terms of what one of the things we'll, we'll definitely be touching on is audience because we we stress that so much the importance of not saying what you want to say but saying what you know your audience needs to hear from you what they want to hear from you because otherwise they're just not going to engage with you so love the point about making the way that you attract people related to that but also once you get them understanding your audience of your uh of your employees and doing things like disc assessment or things along that lines to where you understand your own your own staff better because everyone gets wants to get managed differently. Everybody is motivated and inspired by different things. And so uh, I think in terms of talent, in terms of workforce, that audience on both sides of the coin are incredibly important. So this is just what we refer to as a product mindset. Mm-hmm. Like all of the entrepreneurs that we work for are creating product, products for a customer. And one of the key things that they absolutely have to do is put themselves in the shoes of the consumer. Yep. Like who are you providing value to? Like how much are they going to be willing to pay for it? You know, do they actually have money? Or, you know, well, there's all these foundational questions of building a company. Like when you are trying to like uh, attract and maintain or retain, uh, you know, key talent, you as an organization have a product for them. You are, they are buying something from you. You are, you are um, selling them a product all the way through. Um, and, you know, and as far as the transaction goes, you know, they're, they're spending their, 
most valuable commodity like with you with your organization which is your which is their time mm -hmm. and i think you know if you look at it from a product perspective and you you take that into account you become a whole lot more careful about how you engage that customer who is actually the person that works for you this product mindset is 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 everything well that would mean that a lot of utilities will have to accept the private side mindset because that's something that we used to never like easy public public yeah. versus private and i'm like get over that we have to get over that you know yeah that there are people can learn things from both oh, um, yeah, to, say that, yes. to say that the laws of the world don't operate just because you're you've got a different i can remember when people were like oh you're one of them now yeah, yeah you know? and i'm like no we got to get over no, this no no it's crazy yeah well, um, we're incredibly excited to to be heading your way in and what a, a surprise with the duo. I know. I love this duo 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 conversation. But um, we wanted to we wanted to end uh, with some of the questions that we ask uh, all the guests. And so I know that time has passed. You may have a, a new resource or, or book that you can recommend. But now I have two answers that are going to come. So, Nashley, uh, what's your favorite book right now that you can recommend to us? All right, this is this is easy for me. It's called The Art of Gathering. Ah. And why it matters, you guys know? Yeah, of course hmm. we know. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. my sister Parker, she's amazing. <laughs> that only has 10% why I'm recommending this book. Who's <laughs> <laughs> getting sales? It's on my list. I it's on it. my list. I can't I wait to it. read it. Mm -hmm. Tom, do you have another one? I know last time you recommended uh, Warren Buffett to us, which I did buy. I have not I have not read yet. Oh, it's going to blow your mind. It's great. Um, uh, I'm reading Bad Blood at the moment, um, which is just the most extraordinary story about uh, the bad things that charisma can do and how not to think about building a company. It is essentially the archetype of all that is pernicious and potentially kind of evil about the pursuit of large-scale success. And it is essentially the antithesis of every single piece of advice that we give entrepreneurs. I mean, it is an unbelievable story. Very scary. Is it a case it's study? Very scary. It's, ter <laughs> it's terrifying. Oh, it also yeah. reads hilariously quickly. Yeah, um, like a thriller novel. Uh, I mean, totally yeah, I'm like getting anxious just thinking about this. Total page turner. It's extraordinary. Bad blood. All right, I'll remember that. going to add that to the list later. So, um... Last time we spoke with you, Tom, uh, mm. you talked about giving, well, actually in, in the past times you've talked, I think one of them, you talked about giving water the respect that it deserves. You've also told us to respect the maintainers. So in terms of, uh, well, you know what? I'm going to direct this question to Nashley because she hasn't been asked this. Tom, you'll get yours in a second. But so at the end of every episode, we ask everyone, um, you know, in our line of work, we've been told before, like, what difference does it make if I make a change? I'm just one person. It's not going to make that big of an impact, which we obviously disagree with. We think that one person making a change can inspire others and be contagious and, you know, in our opinion, could ultimately change the world. So what's the one call to action that you are most passionate about that you feel could ultimately change the world? Be the change you want to see. Emulate it. Live it. Mm. Along those same lines, I mean, we hear people all the time, everybody agrees, 
Technology and innovation are part of the solution. We need to get more technology out into the hands of end users. We need tech to clean drinking water in disadvantaged communities. And that's where the conversation stops almost all the time. Mm -hmm. So if you're a utility, start being the kind of utility that actually deploys that technology, that is willing to beta test it in the field, that, that takes those incredibly important first steps towards helping a water technology company scale so that they can get into the hands of those people who really need it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well said. Yes. I hope that someone is hashtag challenge accepting out there after that one. So like I said, Tom, you said give water the respect it deserves, respect the maintainer. So what are your parting words for us this time? So uh, uh, I, I still obviously believe in both of those things. Um, I think the, the second thing, uh, so the first thing I'll say is um, do anything you can to expose yourself to the power of compounding benefits. So even if you just start with 15 minutes of engaged work on a project that you think can be of benefit to your organization, just go start with those 15 minutes. It's amazing mm -hmm. how quickly 15 minutes turns into an hour. Mm -hmm. And then as you build benefits over time and they build on themselves, that's how you get real change uh, over time. So, so appreciating the power of uh, compounding benefits. And then the last one is, um, is really take this idea of being helpful to people who are trying seriously. Um, it's easy for us to be like, oh, cool, and then like peace out into our everyday lives. Um, if somebody's brave enough to be taking on something new within an organization or outside of an organization or creating their own organization or really doing anything at all that feels new or different from the status quo or whatever it is, if ever you feel this idea of, oh, I just can't be bothered, check yourself and figure out if there is a way that you can be useful. The answer may be no, that's fine. But just mindset shift to, and this is relates to what Nash said, uh, mindset shift to how do we help out the people, you know, as Teddy Roosevelt said, that are in the arena. Ooh, yes, man in the arena. Shout out Todd Danielson. I love this idea of taking yourself out of your comfort zone, whether it's literally going for a walk yeah. at lunch or taking a meeting outside. Right, yeah. If you don't live on the East Coast at this moment. Or... Uh, going and thinking about something else in a new way, going and visiting a yeah. site, you know, um, that's where ideas get sparked and get out of the <laughs> office and go into the field for a minute. Yeah. 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 Well, like our, uh, like our last, uh, podcast guest, Shannon Bays said, uh, your dreams don't live in your comfort zone. So mm, gotta nice. go take a walk sometimes, but well, we're pumped to see you guys in real life in a few weeks. We're yes. so grateful for you. Oh, you guys, can time. we, uh, can we name our time together? Uh, yes. in real life. Yes. Yes. You know, Friends it's in real life. It's our yes. first well, It is our one year anniversary. Yes. It is. Uh, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> of course we can. Um, absolutely. We were going to yeah. say that first, but we didn't want to be the weirdos. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll take that, yeah. yeah, we can't wait to see you. Yeah. The Water Innovation Summit. March we'll 20th. bring our toilet bowl uh, shot glasses. Absolutely. Oh, dumbzo. Yes. But if you haven't signed up, if you're listening to this and you have not bought tickets and you have not made arrangements to come to this event, you are, you're going to have some serious FOMO. I can't tell you like this completely changed the way that, uh, the way that we see this industry and you will be beyond inspired by the people that are in the room with you. And there's no way that you can walk away from, uh, from the events without coming away inspired or motivated to to do just as Nashley said and be the change that you want to see. So 
any parting words for people to get signed up or where they need to go or what you want them to do? Any calls to action on that front? Imaginage2.org slash events, all the information there. We have just about 20 seats left for the summit. So uh, better get yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, don't wait. It's going to be a full house. We have an amazing venue this year. You thought last year at Google was cool. This place mm -hmm. is. It's really fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be really fun. It's, I think it's important to make people feel kind of uh, uh, a little bit special. And I think we found Sweet. a place that kind of does that. Yeah, it's talk like, about out of your comfort zone. This it, place is. It's real, it's real kind of, you know, San Francisco views and stuff. Oh, um, but people, I think, you know, you, got, you were just very nice to us. It's now up to us to deliver against that. Um, but everything, I think, you know, the pieces are falling into place to have what I think is going to be a pretty, pretty fun and, and, and special event. So, Sweet. you know, thanks for... Thanks for giving us the opportunity to talk about it. Of course. Absolutely. And we're beyond honored that you are going to be gracing the stage at Catalyst as our keynote opening speaker. And so Oh yeah. I'm um, wondering how rogue I should be going. Um uh, as rogue, as, rogue as, you rogue as, you as you want. Ideas are percolating. Ideas mm. are percolating. I haven't immediately got too far away from David Foster Wallace yet, but I don't worry. I will that, be running everything past we you. We cannot before. wait. Uh, we are besides ourselves with excitement about that. And so so if you, after you make your way to Water Innovation Week with Imagine H2O in March, make sure that you head down to San Antonio from June 19th to the 21st and uh, for Catalyst, the Catalyst Mastermind Summit, and you can catch Tom as he keynotes for us. And like I said, incredibly honored by that and so grateful for your time from you guys today and uh, looking forward to celebrating our friend anniversary together in a few short weeks. Awesome. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Bye, you guys. Bye. We hope you enjoyed the show today. If you have not gotten your tickets for Imagine H2O's Innovation Week, you need to go do it right now. They are almost sold out. Just visit imagineh2o.org forward slash events. There were also a ton of resources that were mentioned in today's episode, including blogs and links and all this. That will be in our show notes. So if you want to check out the show notes, just go to the h2duo.com forward slash 45. That is the episode number for this interview. One thing that you cannot get tickets for anymore is for Catalyst because we are officially sold out. Very exciting. We can't wait for the incredible experience that will be hashtag Catalyst 2019. Looking forward to that. Never miss out on future episodes by clicking subscribe or by signing up for the Water Nerds newsletter at theh2duo.com forward slash newsletter. We are doing a ton of traveling. So please be sure to check out, be sure to check us out on Twitter or Instagram at the underscore h2duo and check out our banner with all of our tour dates. We're going to be setting up meetups at each spot. So sign up for the newsletter or follow us on Twitter so you know where to find us. We hope you learned something new today or got a little inspired or did something that helped you move you one step forward towards your goal. Until next time, remember what one of our favorite quotes says, those who tell the stories rule the world.